Welcome back to Idiots One Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bailey. And Bailey, before we start today, I just want to, did you want to say something? No, I don't, I don't have anything. Talk about our link tree. Oh, the link tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good idea. So before we start today, if any of you guys are interested, our link tree is in the description of this episode and most of our other episodes. And with that, you can follow us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, and you can also see us on TikTok. Um, right now we have a video of me doing the one chip challenge, but other things will be coming shortly. And that, that's about it. You guys should follow us, interact with us, send us emails with questions and comments at 2idiots1podcast2022 at gmail.com. I mean, I still have to do a punishment, so... Yeah. If uh, you have any ideas on what that would be, let me know. Yeah, feel free to shoot us a message. So, uh, what movie are we talking about today, Taylor? Yeah, Bailey, we're talking about Hellraiser. Hellraiser? Is it the 2022 version, or...? Unfortunately, yes. It is the... 2022 version which was written by these lovely people <clears throat> are you ready, ready ben collins me. was the director just kidding no ben oh no the reason it sounds familiar is because i was thinking phil collins in the air tonight that's why <laughs> yeah i was like oh ben collins i i think that he did i don't know doesn't matter ben collins luke p uh david goyer based on the book by clive barker yes and it was directed by david bruckner who I believe has done stuff. Yeah. I just can't remember what he's done. Is that that name does sound familiar, right? Yeah. It's also got a star studded cast. Not really. With Odessa Azion. Azion. Yeah, that's Riley. I wasn't sure how to pronounce her name. Odessa Azion. And Jamie Clayton. Alright, we'll talk about her later. Adam Faison. Drew Starsky. There was one person that I did kind of recognize in this movie, which was Drew Skarsky. And um, ironically enough, the reason that I recognized him, because I had to had to really think about it, and then I pulled him up on IMDb, um, he plays Rafe in The Outer Banks. Really? Yeah. If you've ever seen The Outer Banks, that's... I have seen The Outer Banks. Yeah, he's Rafe. Because I was like, ah, he looks familiar. Couldn't, couldn't put it there. Totally different character. Sort of. Um, one of them's a druggie and the other one's rich. So, but they both kind of come off as assholes. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I haven't seen Outer Banks. Give it a, give it a shot. Uh, it's but on. what would you, what would you give it if you were to rate it on a scale from one to five with one being absolutely fucking terrible? Just kidding. That's a zero. Uh, one being bad, five being excellent, and three being, that's eh, decent. Um, I would rate this probably a three. Because I think it's decent. I would recommend it to fans of Hellraiser or anyone who's into, like, you know, occulty horror or, like, any, like, sadism or masochism, like, sadomasochism or however it's pronounced or I don't know. Sadomasochism? Anyone, yeah, anyone who's into anything like that, I would say that they would probably like it because it's got that vibe. It does. It doesn't feel as sinister as I think it should feel, which is why my score has been lowered from what it could be. Because this movie was, it was pretty good, but it didn't have a lot of suspense. A lot of the kills weren't as, like, violent as gro and grotesque as I would imagine they should be. And it didn't have, like, the raw feeling that I was hoping for. So, I'm right there with you. It's a three. It's not bad. The reason I gave, you know, the, the, uh, like, I wanted to say that the IMDb description was that it's a take on Clive Barker's classic, which you have to 
go into it knowing that otherwise it's it's terrible but because it's take on the movie um or retelling if you will we're doing a lot of those it's like it, it's okay it's decent it's not the greatest thing in the world um if you are a hellraiser fan and have been wanting to watch a good sequel yeah i mean compared to if you you watch the first three and then you're like oh those are good then you watch the fourth one and you're like oh that's really bad well here you go here's the fourth one um but yeah rogerebird.com what do you think they gave it i don't think they've reviewed it they have Really? Yeah. Uh, probably a four. A four? Yeah. You're being serious? No, no. I would imagine probably like a 2.5 on their scale. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two and, and a half stars. That's fucking insane. I would have. I'm. I don't think I've ever got it right. Yeah, two and a half stars. I think this is like the second or third time out of all of the movies we've done that I've guessed the right score. It was kind of nice um, <laughs> that you that you guessed it for once. But yeah, <laughs> down two and a half. Like, I mean, did you think I was serious with four? No. <laughs> But yeah, I think we're all kind of on the same page of like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, the spoiler-free review for this one, it's okay, it's decent. This is the story of a girl who got hooked on drugs and it changed her whole world. She has a very gay brother who just wants the best for her since she has no mother. Because of that, she decides to meet up with a guy at AA uh, break into a storage container container, and steal a puzzle box. And then shit gets weird. And she summons the Cenobites. And so it's starting to get a little bit spoilery. Well, no, I mean, you can kind of... Like, yeah, I mean, all of that's like trailer. Yeah. You can know from the trailer, but beyond that... I beyond would, that, yeah, she just, I don't know, she opens up a puzzle box and shit gets real very quick. Yeah, it's it's suddenly very Hellraiser-y. Yeah, it goes from a movie about you know drug addiction to Hellraiser all of a sudden. So, but we'll we'll explore those topics in the spoiler review. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean for uh, for recommendations for this one, you know, go out and see it if you want to. It's on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to watch this. In my opinion, like if you have a Hulu subscription, you're into horror and you don't have anything to watch. Well, there are plenty of reasons to not watch it, but... Well, no, because, like, while I don't think this is, like, a phenomenal movie by any means... Just okay. Yeah, exactly, just okay, but I think that it's a good movie to watch. There's no reason not to sit down and watch it if you need something to watch and don't have anything because it's not horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's okay. I would rather watch this than, like, so many of the, like, cheesy shitty horror movies that have came out over the years the new texas chainsaw massacre 2022 yeah i would rather watch this than the new texas chainsaw 2022 even though the bus scene and that was really cool yeah that's fair do you have anything else spoiler free because that's about where i'm am am spoiler free yeah spoiler free um that's it um go out watch it on hulu you know no reason not to no reason not to even though they up their prices and you probably shouldn't support hulu but that doesn't matter if you have a Hulu subscription already, there is no reason not to watch it. Uh, and if you don't and you want to use mine, just let me know. I kind of, you know, shell it out to people. So, Oh, damn. Money. But yeah, um, let's play the transition music. And with that transition music, we are in the spoiler section. Oh, shit. Spoilers? So if you have not seen this movie and you want to see this movie... Um, stop listening. 
or you can keep listening and just you know it'll be spoiled yeah so um first thing that i'm gonna say is that this movie uh the reason my score is a little bit lowered for it was because it is basically the exact same thing as 2013's evil dead yeah. I, I've, I've seen this movie before yeah and that bothered me a lot they kind of missed the whole point of hellraiser which you haven't read the hellbound heart have you no, I mean, I'm familiar with it, but it, it's not something I've read. So, the, like, Hellraiser, like, it's so just a little backstory, um, which we'll go a little bit more in depth with the actual Hellraiser review, uh, but the actual book of Hellraiser is a novella because it was published in the Books of Blood, I think is what it was. Like, it was a, it was a story that was published in there by Clive Barker, amongst many others. You know, it was like the anthology collection or whatever. Uh, so, it's a standalone piece and it doesn't need anything else and this is a retelling of that but it is basically that one is just a love triangle is all it is it's just a fucked up love triangle story but also has which this this film did kind of explore those topics of you know basically the whole point was pleasure and this movie explores it but not at the same level as the original so i'm right there with you that's part of the reason why my score was as low as it is because i haven't read the source material and i try really hard to separate this as a retelling rather than a remake but the first one had a very good sinister vibe to it comparatively speaking and i felt there was more of like a pain and pleasure being symbiotic which it is, because like I'm a very big believer in that you can't have one without the other. And that was kind of the whole point of the first movie, right? And I didn't feel that as much in this one, which detracted from my score. Well, even when the caretaker guy, I can't remember his name. Voight? Voight, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, well, I, I thought Vought is what it was. And I was like, no, that's not, we're not watching the boys. <laughs> yeah, no, Voight. Uh, even with him... I think they fucked him up because he wished for pleasure and the whole point of the Cenobites well, is that they give you pleasure in the form of pain. I want I want to just correct you on that. So he got liminal, which is sensation, not necessarily pleasure because that's a very that's a pleasure and sensation or there is a distinct difference. Right, but, but he asked right, for he, pleasure. He wanted pleasure. And the Cenobites grant pleasure, and I didn't feel like they did that at all in this movie. Because the whole point of the Cenobites is that they can't differentiate between pleasure and pain, so the whole thing is synonymous with each other. Right, and we, we've all seen the Rick and Morty uh, parody. I mean, I have not, but... Uh, Anyway, oh. <laughs> when you are when you're taken to basically hell with them, they are instructed to to show you pleasure. Like when you open up, and that's the problem I had with the puzzle box where they gave you like the choice or whatever. When you open up the puzzle box, it's because you are seeking pleasure. In the original and in all the source material, that's what it is. There was no, you have a choice of these five things, which was kind of dumb in my opinion. Um, 
because you open up the puzzle box, you want the pleasure, you've summoned them for the pleasure, and then they torture you to the point that you can't differentiate between the two anymore. So then you start to like it, even though your skin's being like flayed off. And and that was what the Cenobites were. That's why on the original movie poster, it was angels to some, demons to others. And I really enjoyed that. And I felt like that was the essence, along with the a whole point of limitless pleasure is not good. Like, I think that this has a subtle message towards um, the downfalls of hedonism. Oh, yeah. No, the, the vibe I got from this was a very not conservative necessarily, but maybe more repressed than previous iterations of Hellraiser. Which is funny because Hellraiser in of itself, which, you know, I'll, I'll get into it, but it was just something I thought was funny, is about, uh, like, like it, it's about repression and homosexuality. Like, if you've ever read anything about Clive Barker, like, his work, you can see the homoeroticness. And this is a great one, a great example of that. Uh, but it, that's not the point. We'll talk about that when we do Hellraiser. Uh, but with this one, I felt like it didn't really hit the mark. And you can argue, yeah, there's the drug addiction, which is its own form of pleasure. If it had elaborated more on it, like had it, which it sh- never did. Like I think that her being a drug addict or an alcoholic, because I guess it was AA or whatever, would have been a lot more impactful if there had been more than just the one scene of her allegedly being drunk at the beginning. That doesn't show the destructive nature of it in the way that I think that it was meant to be portrayed because you know people who overindulge in alcohol and drugs and stuff that is pleasure seeking but because it didn't show it and it just told us I feel like that was a weak way to do it I think that when you compare it to you know Evil Dead it gets a lot worse because Evil Dead even showed the horrors of heroin, I think is what it was, is what she was on or some shit. I haven't seen Evil um, Dead 2013 in a very long time, like nine years probably. I want to <laughs> say it was heroin because she was withdrawing, but it showed the withdrawal from it. You know, yeah. the I want it and craving it and going out to links to get it and then throwing up and stuff, you know. Like it, it, it showed that this, like she went to this extreme and this is the downfall of it. But with how severe of an alcoholic it was portrayed of her being, it was like, oh, okay. You're not really showing us that. You're just telling us. Congratulations. You say you have an alcohol problem, but I think what you really did was took like two sips of alcohol and said, I'm drunk. That's what it felt like. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. This was the one girl. This movie was the one girl at the party who drinks a Mike Hard lemonade and says, oh, I'm fucked up. That's what this movie was. And that was the problem because it it tried to do its own thing, but it went about it wrong because the story sucks. And I'm not saying that the story in the original isn't perfect because it's not. But there was more of a story in the original than there was in this one. And it tried to rely on the visual graphics that the original 1987 did, right? Because it was trying to pay homage to it but stand on its own two feet. And I think that it failed at that. It's a dangerous game. Right. Because if you do it too much, you have people like us that are saying, oh, yeah, well, it's not compared to the original, even though they tried to portray it as closer to the book, which was stupid. I don't know why, when it was coming out, people were saying that. Because it was not closer to the book at all. 
Well, so this might be an inappropriate time to do it, but my friend Tim is one of the people who recommended that we do this. And when I was talking to him about it, he said that it felt closer to the book to him. Which could me be misinterpreting or misremembering what he said specifically because it has been like a week or two since I talked to him about it. The only part of that that I will agree with is that in the book, Pinhead's not actually Pinhead. Yeah, lead uh, Cenobite. Lead Cenobite. And it doesn't actually refer to Pinhead as Pinhead until 2015. It's the Scarlet Gospels. That's the first time in writing it's ever Pinhead. But I have my problems with that book too. But at the same time, the only thing about this movie that was closer to the book than the original was that the lead Cenobite was kind of androgynous and is looks feminine but sounds like a man and a woman put together which was perfect because that's how the Cenobites are supposed to be they're they're sexless beings but in the book it's described looking more feminine so speaking of the Cenobites I think that they were done really well in this like that's definitely a huge positive for me like I thought they looked really cool but they weren't because they didn't my my problem with the movie is that it tried to focus on what the 87 one did and then use these really cool visuals and stuff and then kind of felt lackluster because it was hiding a really shitty plot. It couldn't get away with it. I mean, I agree that the plot wasn't as strong, but like I thought it looked cool. The hell priestess looked like a hell priestess like the lead Cenobite did. So, I mean... Yeah, but it didn't go as visual as I wanted it to and as visceral as I wanted it to. That's something that I felt was missing, too. Well, that's what I was talking about when we were in the spoiler-free section. When I was talking about it not feeling as, like, gory and raw as I liked, I wanted a more visceral feeling. Well, even, like, the gore. I, I, I'm glad that it didn't do the gore. Really? Yes, because it would have detached from the movie. You, if you do gore, you have to do it a certain way. And I don't think this movie was sophisticated enough to pull it off like Martyrs. I mean, well, I'm not saying Martyrs level of gore. I'm talking... Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, but that that's an example of over-the-top gore and extreme, but it was done right and tastefully, and I don't think this movie could have done that. Well, so specifically what I'm talking about is obviously the scenes where people die, like when they're getting hooked and ripped apart, but even like Voight's uh, machine in him that tugs on his nerves, like when they focused on it, it looked super badass, but it didn't seem as like, I don't, I, I don't want to use the word gritty, but I felt like it should have felt grittier or alternatively, they could have leaned more into the super weird, like otherworldly approach and made it seem more abstract because it was already kind of like an abstract machine that was fucking with his nerves but had they made it an even more like elaborate uh, abstract machine i think that would have been fine or if they had made it more like raw and earthy and gory but i felt like it was just too much in the middle you know what i mean like they didn't lean hard enough into either either side in my opinion on stuff like that Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I think that it didn't need to be any gorier because I don't think that Hellraiser was supposed to be a gory thing. 
I mean, you could you could argue with me on that one, but no, I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be gory, but it, like I don't know, it just it it felt like every aspect of this movie was trying so desperately hard to be its own thing that it failed, which was the opposite with the sequels because once you got to Hellraiser four, um, if you've ever watched four and five, they are totally different movies that were going to flop, so they just slapped Hellraiser on them and then turned them into a Hellraiser movie. Really? Yeah. Um, Like, Inferno, number five, honestly is a great fucking movie because it's like a, you know, cop doing a paranormal investigation, which reminded me a lot of, um, oh, I can't think of the fucking book by Clive Barker, the something show. I'm not familiar. Uh, It's... Basically, Harry um, Diamore, I think it's how you say his last name, Diamore, yeah, uh, who's like a magical, he's, he's a detective, but he uses magic and stuff. Illusion. No, not illusion, but like, you know, incantations and shit to protect him against evil. Oh, so he's a wizard. No. <laughs> uh, but he hunts down and investigates stuff. The Great and Secret Show, I think is maybe what it was. Anyway, it's, it's a good book. Um, and it was him and Pinhead that were in the Scarlet Gospels together. Uh, but that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit of that. And it could have been its own thing or something about that, but it turned into a weird Hellraiser movie where Pinhead was stalking him the whole time. And it was like, Oh, okay. That's bad. But yeah, by itself, if it had been something, I think it had potential. And I think this movie had potential, but it tried too hard to be different that it came off as odd and there were odd choices for things. And then the twist that they had at the end, I was like, Oh, didn't see that one coming. That's fair. Although it, there were, it kind of was foreshadowed that he was going to betray her, especially when she was trying to get him to touch the box. And he's like, nah, fuck that. I don't touch it like that. Yeah, there was that. It was also super, super convenient. And the moment that I knew that he was that he was in on it or something was that when he said, "Oh yeah, I got this heist if you want to be in on it." I'm like, "Oh, you setting her up?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, nobody just says that. I mean, that's why when it happened, I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't care." Knew it was coming. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all when when it found out that he was like betraying them. I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." And that's the problem, is it had really shitty writing. It was uh, funny, though, in parts. No, it, it wasn't. It was it was annoying and came off as whiny. I mean, to me, that is funny, though. Okay. No, I didn't think that it was funny. I thought that it was very whiny and... Hey, with me, I'm an alcoholic. Like, I'm, like, feeling sorry. Like, the whole movie felt sorry for itself. I mean, that's that's very fair. But the scene that I'm specifically talking about that I thought was funny when she was fighting with her brother when she came home drunk. And she was like, if you want me to leave, you just got to say it. That was stupid. It was so funny. No. You don't. I, I she screamed. No, she screamed at him, get the fuck out. And then he goes, get the fuck out and just screams it back at her. He's like, is that what you wanted to hear? I'm like, no, nobody wanted to hear that. That I, whole scene was uncalled for. I don't know. I thought it was funny. It made me giggle. No. I mean, it made me giggle because I didn't think it was very good dialogue. Right. But I thought it was funny. Like, I thought it was intentionally bad to be funny. 
Well, and then on top of that, you have the interactions with like this movie makes does its own twist on how the Cenobites interact with people and their motives and stuff. And I didn't really appreciate that one because it takes away from the sensational, you know, hedonistic pleasure of the first movie. It takes away the choice. No. Well, no, when I say the choice and like knowing what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like in the first one, Frank knew what he was doing. Choosing to touch the box was a choice. And this one, you don't know what the box is. Or most people don't know what the box is, especially when it initially stabs them or cuts them or however. They aren't aware. Whereas in the first one... And and that's the the problem that I have with this movie, is that it was such a cheap cop-out where you can open the box and if the random knife didn't pop out and, you know gorge your hand you can just stab someone else and they're the ones like that was dumb yeah no i'm right there with you you have to whoever opens the puzzle box whoever's the last one to open the box like you know if you're the last person to touch it and that's what opens it then you open the box and you can trick people into doing it that way which is kind of you know how well i'm not gonna get into it um but yeah, you can trick people or people can accidentally do it and that's fine. If she had have accidentally opened the box and then cut herself, you know, which she kind of does. Like they and then they chose her for some weird reason to carry out the legacy of just stabbing everybody and I was like, What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, no, Riley accidentally opening it, like totally totally also, she looked for fucking terrible. Really? The whole movie. I, I don't know. I thought that she was a good pick for the role. I thought she did a good job. I hate her hair and face reminded me of the kid from fucking the little kid in Halloween that you know was in um, Santa Clarita Diet. Okay, that's who she reminded me of, just with like long curly hair that you couldn't see her face half the time. Like I hated the wardrobe choice for her. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I thought she was good. I thought she did a good job. She did a good job. Did she do nearly as good of a job? as what's her nuts jamie clayton no no because jamie jamie clayton i I feel like if anybody says was a shitty pinhead was was wrong because she felt she felt as scary as um doug bradley did in the role in like dominating and um demeaning authentic domineering and authentic yeah yeah like it, it felt it felt good and have no problems with her have such high praise for her uh, Riley felt okay at times. Her wardrobe choice was really bad. It made me not want to look at her throughout the whole movie. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know. I mean, it, it has its it has its flaws, but it stands on its own and tries to be something else. And I applaud it for that. I just wish it wouldn't have tried so hard. In fact, I wish that it would have been a modern, um, like like even a modern remake of the movie set in america that would have been fine yeah could have got behind that one i mean i like i said i don't think this was bad by any means i mean it's it's decent it's not good but it's not bad like it's just okay it's the best out of all the sequels but it's not something that i'll watch again like i can't in good faith say oh i'm gonna watch this again i'll watch the rob zombie um halloween again because it was fun it had good dialogue choices and even though it had its flaws that's a callback by the way yeah that (laughs) yeah but even though it had its flaws and stuff it was still good 
you know, in in its own way. And it had parts of it that gave it charm. I, I couldn't find the charm in this movie. There's my four cents on why I think that it's an okay movie and not great, but had potential to be good. And that's why my score was what it was. That's fair. So I was hyper like, you know, dominating the whole thing. What do you, what do you have? Um, I mean, so I just have a couple notes on this movie. I thought that it was funny when Riley vandalized her own car at the beginning because it shows that she's a genuinely good person. And I think her decisions throughout the movie are generally showing her caring about other people for the most part because she wasn't ever trying to, like, fuck anybody, like, with the box. She does, but it wasn't, like, intentional. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't I don't know. She never tried to fuck people over with the box. And you can see that in a couple of scenes. Um, but the character development was so poor I didn't care. Yeah, that's I didn't fair. care about any of the characters to fuck over. And I was like, Oh cool. That's fair. She's not going to stab him and sacrifice him, even though she, she could, because now they want her soul. I was like, I don't, I don't care. The writing for this movie was not good. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I don't really have anything else, do you, for this movie? I thought the ending was cool when Voight became a uh, Cenobite, or I think that's what happened. I was online, and I saw some other people arguing that that's not exactly what happened, but... What, how could... What... I saw an argument online that said that he wasn't turned into a Cenobite and he was actually turned into a power source for the for the box. For the No. Yeah. The no. way the the way that they describe it, even with her saying our power, like we're going to show you where our power comes from because our power is the box being us. Like she says that, you know, they're like no. Yeah, no, I agree. He he got Leviathan. He got Cenobite power. He became a Cenobite. He got Cenobit. I mean, yeah. Cenobited. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh at that. But yeah, like, I don't know. You not laughing at it makes it even funnier for me. Yeah, I'm not going to laugh at that at all. So, I mean, it's it's okay. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but I don't think that that comment online was correct at all. No, it was a YouTube video. It was like eight minutes long. And the whole time I was just like, I don't know if you watched the same movie I did. It's all about perspective, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. Hard facts. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I really have for it. So I have a question for you. Uh, Okay. If you had to pick, what would you have picked between uh, power, resurrection, sensation? I'm not going to pick any of them. No? No, because... No. No, you wouldn't pick any of them? No, because if I'm opening up the box, it's to seek pleasure. Like, I'm a purist on that one, having read all the source material. Like, I, I, so I, I can't pick because none of them, no. Because the premise is, like, something you reject? Yeah, the premise is something I reject. So I can't pick any of them because they're all stupid. No, I mean, I'm, I'm here for Because it. the only one that I would pick is pleasure. And that's not even on there. Yeah, it's not even an option. So I would pick pleasure because that's what you pick when you open the box. They are to show you things. Uh, what, what what does he say? Um, we have such sights to show you, which he does do in the movie, which I thought was cool. Yeah, when okay. when a, when that line was done, I was just like, ah. Yeah, but it was wrong. Well, no. No, in this one it was. 
because he was she was giving him the ultimate form of pleasure. So yeah, no, I wouldn't. You would wouldn't pick any of them because it's stupid. See, I don't know. I feel like Damon Card's box. Out of all of the people I know, I would can. I would consider you to be like one of the most likely people to open up that box if it came into your possession. Yeah, if it came into my, it, yeah, because I would open it for pleasure. Like yeah. I would do it purely as a pleasure-seeking thing because I am, you know, hedonistic by nature. Yeah. And if I find something that will give me more pleasure than what I'm experiencing, yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah. But I'm not going to open up the box. I'm not. I'm not going to open up that box. I mean, I feel that. Yeah, out of all of my friends, you're, like, in the top three people. I'm like, oh, yeah, if he got it, he would immediately be like, fuck, yeah, let's go. Oh, well, who's number one? I mean, you're in the top three. Well, no, no, who's number one? Not in any distinct Well, order. no, I got to know who number one is. You could be number one. Well, no, because you said I was in the top three, which means that I'm not number one. I'm just in the top three. The other two people would also be in the top three, but I'm not going to, I'm not, or the other two people would also be in the top three, but I'm not going to call them out. That's that's fine. I just need to know who number one would be. It's not. There's not a distinct. Where would order. I be? Where would I be? You'd probably be number one. No. No, you'd probably no, you be didn't. number one. You think I would be number one? Probably. Why? Taylor, I've known you for years. Yeah. That's the Hellraiser is what you're about, like the original. Like that's, I could see that being you in like forty years. Like, you could be Frank. Not with all, like, the evil fucked up shit, but, like, the just, you know what I'm saying? Like, the pleasure seeking? Yeah. Because I constantly have to seek things out because I get bored? Yeah, exactly. What, exactly. You just said it. Yeah. I do relate to Frank a lot in the original movie. I couldn't relate to any of them in here. Maybe Voight, if you were wealthy and powerful? No. No, because he got other people to open the box to like sacrifice them, and I'm not about that. Because I, mean, I think that's the way you have to do it in this iteration of the movie. I mean, yeah. So he was also looking for pleasure. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I could I could relate to him. Okay, well, which one would you have picked? If I had to pick one, I can't believe I'm number one. <laughs> once once we're off here, I want to know who the other two are. Yeah, well, no, we'll talk about it. Okay, do I know him? No. Oh. Or, yeah, no. I should. We should all get together and fuck. <laughs> um, no, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick life just because, like, I know how it ends, and life is the only one where you don't get irrepar- or irreparably fucked. That being said, if I had no knowledge, I would probably pick lore because I like knowledge and knowing stuff is good. I'm going to tell you how you're going to get fucked on life. Well, that's what Riley picked, and that's how she, quote-unquote, lived. No, she didn't. She picked nothing. Yeah, she didn't she, make a choice. She picked nothing, which was Lamnet, or Lamnet, which was life. That's what, and that's in the dialogue, that's what Pinhead says. Yeah, because they had to justify it because she wouldn't make a decision. Right, but making no decision was choosing Lamnet. Lamnet. L-E-M-E-N-T. Yeah. Lament. Yeah. Which was? Life the you had to live with everything that you have done like that's how they fucked you over yeah that's not bad i mean and she didn't even really do any hood rat shit so she's fine i don't know about that one what's i mean what's the worst thing she did she killed she literally killed somebody right who was trying to sacrifice them wasn't trying to sacrifice her no but 
He loved her. And she killed him. I, so we kind of talked about this on the pre-pod about black and white. And, like, the, to me, that's a gray area. If someone's a murderer and, like, a killer and you kill them, like, are you actually a bad guy? I don't think so. Yeah, because you still killed somebody. See, see, I don't know. That's a gray area. It's like me. saying that Dexter was, like, Dexter was a bad guy. Was it good that he was killing? It's good that he's killing people that deserve to die. But it's also bad because he killed people and killing people is wrong. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. <laughs> like bad guys die, you're you're you know, you're you're killing people that were gonna kill other people, so that's cool, but you also killed somebody that's fucked up. I mean that's that's fair. I understand your perspective on that. Yeah. It's the only perspective. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. I like I said, I think there's a gray area. So you would have picked wife? Yeah, no. I mean with the knowledge of the movie, had I not seen the movie and I just happened to come across the box and figure it out and get given all of those choices, I would almost for sure pick lore because lore is knowledge and, you know, I'm about knowing shit. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But with the knowledge of how the movie plays out, yeah, I would pick life so that I could live with the knowledge of what I've done. Like, oh, like it can't be any worse than, you know, other stuff already. I don't know about that. Yeah, I would pick I would pick lore without knowing anything. That is fair. So I guess what would you have for uh, Bailey's Babbles? That question was my Bailey's Babbles, oh, but okay. I thought you I honestly figured you'd like the movie more and would be willing to play along. Oh, no. No, I mean that's okay. But instead, we've got another thing that we can do. We can go straight into news because there are a couple upcoming movies and or TV series that I'm looking forward to. Let's get into the news. This week in the news for movies, what do you got, Bailey? Well, I mean, it's not necessarily this week, but Violent Night comes out in December. Violent Night is the new movie that you might have seen the trailers for where Santa comes in down the chimney to deliver cookies to a family that are being held hostage. And you know what Santa does? Because a little girl was on the good list, he fucking murders everybody. He whoops some ass. That's he murders them. That's set to release December 2nd of this year. I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I think it looks dumb, but I think it also looks fun. Not to be confused with Silent Night, Deadly Night, two different movies. Yes. And also in the news, the new, uh, what is it called? Adam's Family movie is coming out. Or it's, it's not a movie, it's a TV show, isn't it? And it's called Wednesday. And it's called Wednesday. And our girl, Jenna Ortega, is going to play Wednesday Adams. Absolutely. This will be a new iteration and part of the ever-expanding and however many times they want to reboot it, Adam's Family, since the 1950s. Yeah. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Probably good. Yeah, I mean, it's got, got Jenna Ortega in it, and that's set to release on November 23rd, 2022 on Netflix. And we have uh, recorded this a couple of days early, but um, by the time that you listen to it, this movie will have already been out. Halloween ends. Yes. Has not released yet, but it will. So when, whenever this releases, we'll probably not do a podcast over it, considering we didn't do the other two. Yeah. But if you would like to hear that, let us know. And that'll be available on Peacock and in theaters. Will it be on HBO? I don't think it's going to be on HBO. No. 
It'll definitely be on Peacock because the other one was on Peacock, and it will definitely be in theaters because we see the Red Band trailer every fucking time we go to the movies. Yes. Which is not good. <laughs> it has one instance of the word fuck in it, and that's why it's Red Band. Kind of dumb. It happens to the best of them, bro. And then also in early 2023, we'll be getting the Killer Clowns game. Super excited for that one, but not as excited as we are for Scorn, which is set to possibly really shortly. Uh, or is it already out? I think it'll I, release. I think it will release. I think they pushed a release date to the 14th. But to I'm the not, 14th. But I'm not 100% sure. So we are going to say that the 14th is when this game comes out. Um, it's going to be on Game Pass. It will be. It will not be on anything that I play because I'm a PlayStation purist, but I have been waiting on this game since 2018 when I first got wind of it. And then it got development hell. Yeah, it happens to the best of them. So I know that it was in development since 2014. Uh, Super excited about it. Would love to see it. Would love to play it. From everything that I've seen, it looks really good, so... Um, hopefully when the actual game comes out, we'll be able to tell. And if not, that's okay. But yeah, that will definitely be released by the time this episode drops. Absolutely. I feel like we're dating ourselves with these episodes and then you can see exactly when we, uh, record them. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) A little peek behind the curtain, but, uh, that is all the news that we have. If you haven't seen Pearl yet, go out and see Pearl. Yes. And X, if you haven't seen X, um, we've released both of those episodes already. And those are definitely very good. I've been seeing a couple of people dress up as Pearl uh, for Halloween. Me too. And ironically enough, also, a lot of controversy surrounding Dahmer because people are dressing their children up as Dahmer for Halloween. Yeah. There were, there were a couple of those that I saw that people were genuinely mad about. And there was also a post that I saw. Um, it was basically like bring in the flood is what it was called. And it was a thread of the Jeffrey Dahmer, I think it was like one of his last interviews that he did, and people were commenting on how cute and innocent he was with a smile. That's yeah. all it was. No, yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. There were like six or seven back-to-back of, oh, MG, he's so cute. Look at that smile. He wouldn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, oh. He literally admitted to it. Yeah. But, and so that's why, you know, the caption was, let the flood begin. I thought that was hilarious. Absolutely. So, yeah, we are... We are definitely living in a world where it doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, if you haven't seen Dahmer, it's on Netflix. It is not for the faint of heart uh, and leaves out a lot of really fucked up things. But that's okay. Absolutely. Because Evan Peters is in it. And I think, is that all we have for the news? I believe so. We need to get news music. I mean, I'm probably just going to use the transition music again. Oh, for that one? I, I, I generally just throw the transition music in wherever we transition. Oh, so that would be like every 30 seconds? I mean, yeah. It's just the trans, like we say like five or six words and then transition music. Do, 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 do. And then like someone else starts talking and then I throw in the transition music again. Like, do, 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 do. Yeah, it's all, it's all the podcast is. That's why the episodes are like four and a half hours long. It's like 20 minutes of us talking and then four hours and 10 minutes of transition music. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Maybe we'll release one of those episodes someday, but you'll have to be on our Patreon for that one. <laughs> Just like the exclusive first episode that we ever recorded. Yeah. I know we talk about that a lot, and I wonder if anybody's genuinely curious as to what that sounds like. 
well, yeah, Apostle, the very first one that we recorded and then re-recorded, it was so bad, and then chose to scrap both of them. So there are two versions of this movie out. And if you're a Patreon member, we'll give them both to you. Yeah, whenever we get that Patreon thing up and rolling. Well, yeah. That'll be a while, though. Could be 10 years. Could be tomorrow. Who knows? Find out on the next episode of Survivor. Yeah. Speaking of which, Survivor's a really great show. Do you have anything else, Taylor? No, I don't have anything else. I think that was it. This has been Two Idiots One Podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Taylor. And thank you for listening. Be have sure a- to check out our link tree where you can find all <laughs> where you can find the links to all of our social media, including but not limited to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MySpace, and our website, Two Idiots One Podcast. Or two I one P. Yes, two eyes do form one P if you put them together. We don't have a website. That you know of. Or a MySpace. That you know of. What year is this? Welcome to 2003. (gasps) But this has been Two Idiots, One Podcast. Again, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. I just want to take a moment to say that no matter whatever you're going through in your life, it's okay. You'll make it through. And if you would like, you can always give me a call at our new hotline that I have installed. Leave us a voicemail. You ready for the number? The number is 918-864-7374. Make sure you call that number, leave us a voicemail, or if you ever need to chat, call that number. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.